Welcome back to South Coast Varsity, the podcast state semifinal edition. I'm your host, Brennan Carey, alongside Sander Time Sports Center, Lori Lose. Lori, we are 21 hours away from Woo! state. Bishop Stang playing in the state semifinals. How excited are you? Um, I, I don't even think I'm going to sleep tonight. I think I'm going to be up all night. Spirits are too high right now. And, and it's not because I have a, a five-month-old. You know, it'll unrelated. Be, unrelated. <laughs> although it could be related. Who knows? Maybe Michaela will be so excited <laughs> yes, about yes. Stang. Mackenzie, was at, uh, your other daughter was at practice the other yeah, day. Yeah, my so. uh, four-and-a-half-year-old was shooting around a little bit uh, at Spartan Village the other day. Uh, I heard they're going to use her, practice. you know, if they need a seventh man or something, <laughs> she might uh, be coming off the bench maybe, here. Maybe in a few years. Last-minute sub. She is in the 98 percentile for her height so you know i feel like she plays some tenacious defense yes she's quick she's fast yeah so all right so we're not before we get to the uh, 2030 class or whatever even, yeah. even beyond <laughs> it's that it's gonna be a while <laughs> of staying spartans we'll look at the uh class of 2019 here 2019 i guess uh, most people say it yep but uh they are on quite a run here they're playing the state semifinal on uh, wednesday at 3 45 p.m at td garden that's got to be a treat. Uh, you know, I mean, we went there, what, four years ago now, uh, 2016, yeah. uh, with this team and, you know, well, not with this team, but with the program and, you know, Dame, uh, Dame Perry and Justin Lopes, you know, were key contributors on that, that state 21 champion. combined points in that game between yeah. them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know they're excited to be back. I, you know, going as freshmen, I think there was kind of that expectation. All right, we're going to make it there every year. Yeah, you like, don't know any different. You know, and, you know, the last two years they got knocked out. Uh, was it Norwell in 2017? Mm-hmm. And then in the this, quarterfinals. In the quarters. And then <clears throat> last year, I think it was in the semis against yep. Burke. Um, and now, you know, they beat Burke the other day, uh, 72-61. And they're, Prove they're back. me wrong. I did not expect them to beat that <clears throat> Burke team. Yes. I'll admit, I was a little, you know, I, I knew this tank team was good. I've been talking most of the season. Like, I thought they were going to make a, a tournament run. And then I saw Burke uh, just kind of demolish Wareham. And then looking at some of their earlier scores yep. in the tournament, too, and they've been putting up 85 a night and winning games by 30 points going away. And, uh, you know, I thought it was going to take, an, you know, extraordinary effort from the Spartans. And while they did put that out, like, I, you know, they just had an incredible game plan. It was very... Yeah. Very smart game played by the Spartans. Yes, they they had a game plan. They came out and they executed it to perfection, pretty much. And I don't want to take away from this game, but I just have to go back to the draft that we had like a month ago here, mm-hmm. I think it was. And everybody was giving me a hard time because I drafted so many staying players. You did? And if we were actually like playing, you know, fantasy basketball here, like I would still be getting points, and you guys would. You would. We would have been I, out. I would have been, been racking up points. You yeah. know. So anyway, back to back to the no, real game. No, you drafted drafted where because you had uh, no, I had Dame. Yeah, you had Dame, but you I, had, had Justin, Justin Declan Markey, Markey, and Eric Camacho. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think that was our only team that had four kids drafted off of it out of our top 15. Yeah, so. yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. At least then we kind of predicted, you know, you know, kind of the cream of the crop type yep. thing. So Yeah, so I was just really impressed that not only was the game plan smart, but that the players were able to execute it so well. Like, I went to their practice during the week, and, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, they don't want to talk a lot about the specifics of a game plan yeah. to us. They don't want us to give it away in the paper. They don't want the opposing coach and players. Which to be is able to, fair. Yeah, you know. Exactly. No, I totally understand it. Um, but, I, you know, there was always kind of like these winks and smiles, like we got something we cooked up here. And I came back and I remember just thinking like, like that's a lot to ask of some high school kids to put in basically an entirely new defense. And what I didn't realize at the time was almost an entirely new offense yeah. in four days and have them be able to go out and execute on that level of a stage with that precision was just 
wildly impressive to me. Well, I know uh, if anybody reads the preview going into the state semifinals, the whole talk is about preparation. And a lot of that came starting with the Burke game. You know, before that game, uh, Coach Kobe Santos gave his team a four-page scouting report and basically was like, here, you're going to be tested on this. He did mm-hmm. the sa- He's done the same thing now going into the Drake It game. It's a th- only three pages, but still three pages, <laughs> all typed up, ready to go. You know, they had to go home. They had extra homework. Uh, I mean, these kids, the preparation that they have, especially in this tournament run, is just, you know, crazy. It's, I mean, they, they know so much about their opponent that it's only going to become second nature. Like, they're going to be able to see things. Like, okay, I know why they do that. That's their tendency. Okay, now this is what we can do for this, and this is what we're in this situation. And, I mean, at this point, when you're – you don't know these teams. It's not like playing old Rochester. You know, it's not – you know, it's not like playing, like, teams that are local, you know, or even, like, Fian. So – you know, you have to kind of do this. You know, if you want to succeed, you don't want to go in and be like, I don't, we don't know Although anything about this Although some coaches would actually take the opposite of like that. I don't want to know much about them. I want us to come out and play our game our way and force them to adapt. And I think Colby's been really smart about kind of melding those two. Yeah, he's, In yeah. some games, it's like, you know, no, we're just going to go out and do our thing. And then now that they've gotten further in the playoffs and these games, you know, become under such a crucible here. Yeah. He's really like, no, no, we got to really prepare for this specific opponent. Now that we have the time too. Yes. From the regular season, you know, with everything that's going on, you don't yeah. have the time to prepare and game plan for every specific opponent. But now that they're this far in, there's this much gap between games. You know, he's doing, he's being really smart about kind of finding that perfect balance yes. between game planning for a specific opponent, but not getting away from what we've done all year and what we know well and what we're comfortable with. Yeah. And it sounds like, uh, you know, talking to both coaches, I mean, it sounds like they're pretty similar teams. You know, Drake. Yeah, is, you talked to the Drake. Yeah, coach, I talked to the Drake coach, coach uh, Brian um, uh, Myers. And, uh, you know, last year they, they had one win. They were one in 19. He took over the program. He's actually uh, a graduate of uh, Drake. He played basketball there. And his and, senior year, they were also one in 19. Yes, huh? yes. Uh, so this year, you know, they ended up going 10 and 10. Um, but they played a really tough, tough um, uh, league. Uh, I'm trying Merrimack to Valley. Yeah, the Merrimack Valley. Um, so he was basically saying every night, you know, it's, it's tough competition. Like he's not, there's no cakewalks. Um, you know, so the story I read said that Drake it was the, the cakewalk, cakewalk until, until this season. Yeah, until this season. <laughs> that was the one easy game in the league in yeah. years prior. And then, uh, and then in the tournament, they've been on this you know unbelievable run. Um, they ended up opening the tournament um, with a win over the Minuteman um, by like 17, 17 points. Or, uh, or Minuteman, who uh, some local fans points. might remember, Old Colony beat them in the first round of the uh, vocational, vocational tournament. tournament. Yep. And well, in the semifinals also. Um, uh, that was uh, they won by double digits, but it was a fairly close game. Until about the the third fourth quarter, and then Old Colony pulled away late. Yeah. And then uh, the last three wins after that that opening round win, the last three have come like with a game winning shot, either in the last possession, the last second. Yeah, you all know. three were in the last fifteen seconds. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and you know, I mean, they beat Newburyport, which was the number four seed. They beat top seeded St. Mary's, and then they um, in the North final they beat. Uh, number 10 Weston so and they were the 12th seed coming and in that was uh, by one point on a yeah, shot that was, like yep. two seconds left yeah 43-42 uh, and I think uh, the same guy um, Mitchell uh, Monty he had two of the, the winning shots um, out of those three games and he's a senior transfer um, and then freshman guard Adrian From, uh, Central Catholic yeah right? Central Catholic yep and then a- Adrian Torres who's a freshman guard he had the uh, the game winning three pointer um, against Newburyport so I mean, they that sounds a little familiar to Stang uh, three years ago when they had uh, four years ago when they had uh, freshmen coming up with big yeah, shots. you know. So uh, they don't have a lot of size. Um, they do have a good amount of speed. Uh, they have one pretty pretty good size uh, big men. 
Um, he's a he's a football player. Uh, let's see, it's William uh, Peters, and he put uh, his about eight points per game, ten rebounds. So that that'll probably be their kind of like you know, like one big guy to kind of, you know, Eric Camacho will, will try and guard him, but he's more of a football player playing basketball. So I don't you know what say his... a little bit about the same about Eric, actually. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. You, you could say the same thing too, but, you know, this guy's got some, I think, more size, you know, yeah, he's definitely built. probably some more yeah. strength and width to him, you yeah. know. Maybe. So, um, but Torres is averaging 10, uh, 10.8 points per game, two and a half steals, three and a half assists, and uh, Monty um, is averaging 10.2 points, 4.5 assists, and seven rebounds. So, um, you know, those are the those are the top three guys. Um, so their top three scorers are only averaging about 28, 29 points combined. Yes, yeah. Whereas you look at Bishop Stang and their top three scorers, uh, you know, it depends on if you look at regular season or playoffs. But, I mean, Dame averaged 22 a game in the regular season. Yes. He's averaging 20 a game in the playoffs. Uh, Justin Lopes averaged about 14 a game in the regular season. He's averaging 17 a game here in the playoffs. And then uh, Markey, uh, I think he was about around 10 a game, during about maybe 10, 11 in the game in the regular season. He's uh, just under 10 right now in the playoffs uh, with a big game against Burke, 20 points. Yeah, Real big breakout, huge. you know, postseason breakout Yeah, in the game. South he Final. Some, he had some big regular season games. Yeah, and he's really uh, kind of taken advantage of when teams are trying to key on, you know, uh, Justin and Dame. I mean, you know, you watch video and, it, you know, those two guys stand out. You know, so teams say, all right, we got to stop those two guys. Let's keep keep tabs on them. And then, you know, that leaves um, Declan open and the kid can, you know, he can knock down jumpers. You know, he can take it to the hoop. I mean, he free throw he shooting. Rebound. He can, rebound. Yeah, he was yeah. great from the free throw line in the late against Burke. Yeah. So he's playing kind of beyond his years as, as a sophomore, you know. Get, yeah. Getting, he's been the real surprise to me yeah. on this team. Like, you knew what kind you were of getting out of Dustin and Jay and. Dame and Justin, you kind of knew Joey Silvio was going to be this three Defensive, and D type yeah. guy. Uh, you know, Kara Camacho was going to be the rebounder yeah, and the gritty, the dirty, dirty work. Dirty work. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, early in the season, I remember I saw uh, Marky play for the first time on varsity. It was back at the BABC Classic right around Christmas. Yep. And he didn't have a big stat line, but I remember I was talking to Colby. I maybe even told this story on this podcast before. I was talking to Colby right after the game, and I'm like, man, Declan, like, that kid's going to be good in a year or two. Like, he's, he's going to be a top player. And uh, he's, he's much ahead of the timeline that I was imagining. Yep. He's doing it a couple of months later, not a couple of years later. And just seemed like, especially I was surprised in that game at Taunton High against a high-ranked opponent that was the defending section champs. And he just, the moment wasn't anything to him. It was like he was, you know, the nerves were nothing to him. That was what I was most impressed about. Yeah, no, definitely. He's kind of coming up with big moments and, and big games, you know, that he's not afraid of a big stage, you mm -hmm. know. And, and uh, you know, I mean, the South Final the other day, uh, I saw him in the uh, the Caliga. Um, that huge the, game, man. Yeah, he had a huge game then. So I mean, you know, twenty five and ten, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, it was a double double, and it was it was up there, and you know they ended up winning in overtime. And really, I mean, I I, I know we, you kind of talked about it in the preview for that South Final of just you know that start, that two and four start to the year, and I was thinking, okay, they started the year two and four. What's their record now? And and they've won seventeen out of their last eighteen games. Like and I mean, that one loss was to Brookline, the number one at the time, the number one team. They didn't get knocked off in the. And I feel like it's been quiet. South quietly, they've been like just dominant. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. you know, like we've just, you know, they just go out they there, they Hingham get the job done. That way, you know, was ranked thirteenth in the state when they beat them, and yeah, they've. This has been quite the run. 
Strangely, though, when I was talking to Dame Perry recently, he was talking, I was like, you know, when did the season kind of turn? Yep. And I'd asked Colby that, and he talked about the two and four point, <laughs> and uh, talked about a practice, and uh, uh, after AD, that, yep. Coach Golden coming in, and being like, hey, you know what you got? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you know these kids are going to be all right. But when I was talking to Dame, he was really talking about uh, much later in the season, right after they beat Bishop Connolly by two. Okay. Uh, I think that was to clinch the EAC uh, title outright, possibly. I think because they were the three and one well, going to that Connelly's one. Connolly's not in the, the EAC. Uh, Fian. I'm sorry. Fian. I said okay. I said Connolly. I meant Fian. <laughs> okay. That. Bishop Fian. <laughs> one of them Bishop schools. Sorry. <laughs> Bishop Connolly, they should not have been beaten by two. But Bishop <laughs> Fian, they beat by two. And he was like, we didn't feel like we were playing that great at that yeah. point. And they had a, like a players only meeting. And uh, kind of talk about like, hey man, this is our shot because like, they got was it nine seniors? Yeah, seniors? yeah, nine like, seniors, nine seniors on this team. Like this is our shot, and they came back out the next game and beat Hingham, and then they lost their next game. So I was like, oh, like damn, it couldn't have been that much of a turn. I was like, no, it was like, even though we lost that game, that was really important for us to kind of play that way against a team that was ranked that high. And they played such a tough schedule this year that you look at them, you're like, oh, five regular season losses, but. All of those losses were Division One teams, except they lost to John Paul, which I believe just lost today, which is uh, Tuesday, in the uh, Division Four uh, state semifinals. Yeah, uh, yeah, to Abington, I believe. Um, so you know, so the, the teams they were playing were either elite Division One teams or a super elite one super elite Division Four team, and uh, they've really just come along and they've really kind of melded, and they got that senior leadership. These guys who've been there and yep. done that, and then they also have these guys who. Like Declan and and Camacho and Isaiah Rodericks, who's who's had uh, so a few good moments here as a senior too, um, is another guy that Colby trusts. And, you know, they they haven't been afraid of these big moments they haven't been in before. No, and uh, you know, I think the kids are all kind of hungry. You know, there's some seniors on this this team that that didn't you know weren't a part of that that varsity team their freshman year. You know, they were the Eric Camachos and the different guys that played JV that that went to TD Guard and that sat there in the stands kind of itching to be like, all right, are we going to get back there? Like, you know, we might have the potential to do it. And they had the potential. They had the potential, you know, in 2017, they had the potential last year. You know, it just... They, and it was also... The difference that I feel... They had the talent, too. Them, they had the talent. They were they were so dependent on three-point shooting the last yes. couple of years that they would go cold for a game and that would just, that would just end yeah. their season. You know, see old Charles Barkley's always on Inside the NBA saying, you know, eventually shooting teams go cold and... Teams that are relying on shooting don't win. Now, Golden State kind of blew up that idea at the NBA level. But I think Stang realized that, like, hey, we got to get back to that defense and Havoc. Yes. You know, this is kind of the Havoc 2.0, they've been saying. Yep. The Havoc was kind of the, the mantra they took on uh, four years ago when they made the state championship run. You know, it really all starts on the defensive end. And I couldn't believe that they held that Burke team under 70 points. Yeah, that was 61 points. That was and, I, I mean, Joey Sylvia was huge. You know, yeah, taking absolutely. those three, those three uh, offensive charges from, from the point guard for, for Burke and, and getting him in that early foul trouble. And, you know, we were sitting there at Tom and high you know on the on um, the baseline and we were both saying you know they, Burke looks like they're just like flustered you know their mm-hmm. point guard is just you once know, that point guard was point, off the court they yeah, couldn't they yeah. weren't really sure what to do they, yeah. they gave it to LeVar Williams to bring up a couple times but then you know he's supposed to be on the wing so when he has to initiate the offense it takes him out of his usual spot on the floor yep. so they were just kind of scrambling to figure out what to do so you know they, that's another wrinkle there too is you know what Stang can do defensively to yep. really take a team out of what it's comfortable with well and I was I was t- telling Kobe afterwards I said it, it's you know it's something when when you know something that you like a player does that 
they do defensively that can have such an impact in the game. You know what I mean? Like that changed the entire like complexion of the game, mm-hmm. you know? And, and sometimes you say, you know, somebody takes over, you know, and they're scoring, you know, 10 straight points, 12 straight points. But that defense, that, that span, I mean, that was just, that changed the whole complexion of that game. D- Dane Perry called him the MVP after yeah, the game. I, I believe it. And he, he had six points. But he, he was the <laughs> MVP to him. Yeah. You know, I mean. And then Dame actually drew a nice charge, too, on the same uh, Devontae Jameson, the point guard, too. Yeah. So, so I mean, that was what Kobe was talking about, too. Those types of plays become contagious. Yeah. You make those plays early in a game, and other guys are willing to sacrifice their body, step in front of the drive, yeah. and take the contact. Yeah. And Sylvia, um, this was a neat thing I found out at Monday's practice, talking to some of the kids on the team, is, you know, he t- took those charges in that game at Taunt High Division 3 you know South Final but he also takes charges in practice all the time he's like <laughs> how many you know, they, you know they're saying how many kids are going to go there and, and take a charge in practice when you know it's not getting you know what I mean it's just kind of you know I mean that's just to show how dedicated he is um, to the defense that he puts out there you know on you know in games that he's doing it in practice you know he's just he's just always it's got to be I've, I've obviously never played against him but I imagine it's incredibly annoying and frustrating <laughs> yes. like I he reminds assume. me I can go back to an NBA comparison I'm a little bit of like Patrick Beverly yeah he's with the Clippers now he used to be with the Rockets but just that point guard that's like always in your face and frustrating you and kind of you know he's so good at putting his chest out his hands back so he's not drawing a ton of fouls uh getting called for a lot of fouls i mean uh but he's just gets so many steals and he's just so frustrating and he's so relentless yeah yeah no he doesn't give up and and you were just mentioning that like he didn't you know sometimes when you're you're that kind of a defender and you're aggressive you know you're gonna you're gonna get yourself in foul trouble mm-hmm. and he did it he yep. didn't in that game against burke so meanwhile burke was everyone was in foul trouble. oh my god how would they have five kids that fouled out yeah, I it was, was four, yeah, yeah it was <laughs> unbelievable i don't think i've seen a, a game especially like every that. foul in the fourth quarter somebody was walking off the court yeah i mean it was you know i mean staying really they came up with the game plan and they they executed it you know and that's why and the fouls were lopsided in that game but i didn't i've heard some people say like oh the officiating was terrible i didn't in the moment while i was watching that game think the officiating was terrible no burke is a very aggressive defensive team. They reach in a lot. They're very physical. And I thought the officials were kind of setting the tone early, being like, hey, we're not going to let this game get away from us. This is how we're going to call the game. We're going to, you know, we're going to call some of these fouls, but as long as they call them both ways. And I didn't feel like they were, uh, you know, the disparity was that different as far as what they were actually calling between the two teams. It was just who was actually committing more fouls. Yeah. And and if you think about it too, all those offensive fouls, you know, those are on the offensive end. You know, that's, I mean, you know, that's kind of a, a completely different, you know, ball game as, you know, of, you know, from a defensive foul and an offensive foul. Like I always feel like when you're called for an offensive foul, you're like just giving it away. You know what I mean? Like it's turnover and it, a yeah, foul. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's double it's, whammy. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, on defense, at least if you're stopping, you know, the opposing team from making a big play, a momentum changing thing. But it's like when you have that offensive foul, like that can go, that goes against you twice. You know what I mean? And that coach once told me there are no smart offensive fouls. No. There definitely there are not. some smart defensive fouls. Though. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I mean, staying, you know, they're they're on this roll right now. Um, it's, you know, at practice the other day, you know, they were focused, um, but they were also having fun. They were enjoying the moment, but they, you know, were getting down to business. You know, working a lot on the shooting. Um, you know, which you know a few of the guys said because I didn't talk to, to Damon Justin. I figured I talked to some of the other guys that haven't been to the garden yet. And some of the other guys said, you know, both of those two, they've been there before. They said. It's hard to shoot at the garden. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna, we're working on our shooting because you know those rims are a little tight. <laughs> those NBA well, rims. Well, the backdrops are the different. Backdrops, yep. It's a bigger court. Yep. Um, you know, I know. 
technically, I mean, I, I don't know if it's really, really bigger, but it is bigger. You oh, know, no, it's yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah. They'll notice. It's yeah. Um, and they even had, um, uh, Coach Santos was saying, you know, like, I was going to do this, but I came out to practice and they already had it done. They had the other three-point line. Oh, uh, so they, they, they'll recognize that yeah. they don't have to be behind the further back line. Yeah, so, uh, so it was just kind of, you know, they, the kids are already done that themselves. So, I mean, they're ready. They're already talking about getting up there early, kind of sitting in the stands, soaking up the atmosphere, you know, um, you know, and having having two guys like Dame and Justin having been there before and being the leaders of this team, you know, I doubt that there's going to be that shell shock. You mm. know, there might be for some of the guys from maybe you know twenty seconds. Well, I think second, they're also going to get there early, so maybe some of that some of that awe will wear off a yeah. little bit by the time they actually get on the but court. But still, I mean, you know, this is you know they're playing where NBA players play, and you know, I mean, it's. It's a once in a lifetime. Hey, we opportunity. get excited about yeah, walking yeah, I mean, on that court. I can only imagine what it's like to actually play on. Yeah, it. no. Um, but it's you know, I mean, they deserve it. You know, they've had this great year and they they've been able to to get this far and you know, um, you know, they played some big games and they've they've kept it going. You know, they they had that. You know, every year, um, Coach Santos says they they set these three three goals every year, no matter what. One is to win ten games, which obviously qualifies them for the tournament. The other is to win the um, EAC, and then the third goal is to win a state title. You know, and and some years, you know, it may be more attainable than others, and some years they may believe it more than others. And this year, he said honestly, he said, you know, we said that, and the kids were kind of like, all right, yeah, 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 that's what we always say. But really, once the tournament came around and the seedings came out and they saw where they were and you know what they were matching up you know who they were matching up with and they won that first game coach Sandoz said you know they kind of were like close they we, barely yeah. got out of the first round yeah and they they said we may no. forget that by the end of this round but they were down at halftime with their first yeah i remember game. you were at that game yeah plymouth south and uh, pretty tight and after that game they were kind of like we could do this like we can do this and that belief along with their talent and their you know that experience of some of the, the couple of seniors i mean that makes them a dangerous team especially against a drake team that has never been this. Never far. been. Yeah, this is it. So, you know, it's a Cinderella story. I think the the newcomers versus the the veterans, yeah, <laughs> the, the veterans are, versus the yeah, who are yeah. hoping to to cap off you know amazing careers because I you know I think you know we can all agree that you know what Dame Perry has been able to do and and Justin Lopes uh, together you know and you know individually oh, and together is just they're going to go down in the annals yeah. of Bishop Stang history. Remarkable. Some of the best players the school's ever seen. Yeah, this whole area's ever seen. You know, it's been exciting basketball. They, you know, they've, you know, have created a lot of great memories for the for for not only staying but for the community over the years. So, uh, right. really quick, pick who are you picking? I'm picking Stang. Come on now. I just want to check. <laughs> who are you know. picking? I, I don't I'm, know. I'm picking Stang, but I wouldn't have picked Stang in the last round. You didn't. You told I me didn't. that they were going to lose. Did, we didn't have a podcast, so I wasn't on the record with it, but I'll go on the record now. I would not have picked Stang in the last round, uh, but I am thrilled that they proved me wrong. Yes, and I was actually asked. I figure I'm either picking them or I'm giving them awesome uh, bulletin board material. Either I was actually way. asked at Taunton High about 10 minutes before that game started what my thought was, and I said, well, if, they, if they're down and they're keeping it close, they're going to win this game. And they weren't even—they didn't even have to be in that position. No, they—they they, you know, they were leading from midway through the first quarter. Yeah, on. all the way through. So I had a little bit more confidence than you did, but I hadn't seen Burke. So. Yeah, I had seen Burke just blow the doors <laughs> off of Wareham, and then the year before, we'd seen Burke with that same point guard and the same shooting guard as juniors. Yeah, just roll through Stang, or not roll through, but beat Stang and then beat a Ponquit, which were you know last year we thought those were you know easily the two best teams we had. So yeah. yeah. So, so there we go. Yeah, so uh, just wrap it up. 345 on Wednesday at uh, TD Garden. Tickets are $15. Uh, you can get them at the door. Uh, they will not sell out. <laughs> 
No, as many fans as Stan can bring out, they're not going to sell out. So uh, feel free to head up there to TD Garden for the 345 game. Bishop Stang, the South champion, against Drake, the North champion. We were going to have all kinds of awesome online coverage for you. We're going to have live coverage on Twitter, Instagram, on our Facebook page. We're then going to have some stories online that night at South Coast Varsity, SouthCoastToday.com. We're going to have some coverage in the next paper on Thursday morning, and then we're going to have even more coverage in Friday's paper. And then hopefully... We'll be having even more coverage through the weekend if they make it to the state championship game, which would be Saturday in Worcester, either the DCU Center or Holy Cross. We're not sure time or exact location yet. But as soon as we know, we'll let you know. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Lori. No problem.